listeners! Happy New Year and welcome back to The Dreaded Question. I'm Lily Torre, and I'm just sitting here smiling thinking about today's guest, Lulu Picard. Lulu is one of the warmest, kindest, funniest people I have ever met, and listening back to today's episode absolutely fills me with joy. I first met Lulu as an actor on a show we were in together, but even in that experience, she was wearing multiple hats, as she was also the music director. She is now a professor of music at Pace University, and she's also a host of her hilarious podcast, 10K Dollar Day, on which I was recently a guest. I'm linking the podcast and coordinating YouTube channel down below, and I have to insist that you go check it out. In today's episode, we talk about Lulu's journey with her podcast, how she remains impervious to imposter syndrome, and we discuss what it was like for her making a career for herself in Florida before she decided to live in New York full-time. But before we dive into today's episode, I'm so happy to share that this season of The Dreaded Question is brought to you with support from Sarah Glancy, the audition rep matchmaker. Sarah was a guest on season one of TDQ, where she shared how and why she started the audition rep matchmaker. Sarah is unbelievably adept at finding songs and monologues that suit actors to a T. Her knowledge of rep is truly unmatched, and her ability to find material that you love and that perfectly aligns with the things that you're going in for is unparalleled. Now is a great time to coach with Sarah before we get into the full swing of audition season, so I suggest you reach out soon. If you're interested in working with Sarah, scroll on down to the show notes and click the link to her website. And I'll also include a link to her episode from season one if you'd like to learn more about her. And now, let's find out what Lulu Picard is up to. So, Lulu Picard, what are you up to? I'm up to being in this office. Yes, this beautiful, amazing office. Tell is it beautiful? I think it's beautiful. I mean, it's an office. I mean, I don't have an office, so any office is beautiful to me. And it's bigger than my apartment. Yeah. So there's it's that. Big, beautiful. <laughs> so we're talking about my office at um, Pace University, yes. and I am. I just started hosting a podcast instead of you. Did you hear that? I was just about to say, if you noticed, I'm so amazing. sorry. No, I'm. I'm like great. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I was like, if you enjoyed that amazing context, it's because Lulu happens to have her own podcast. <laughs> I just realized I took over and I was like, uh, listen, listeners, what yes, you're, for, what we're talking about. Listeners. No, I'm thrilled. Uh, okay, so uh, we're in my office at Pace University. I am in my first year of teaching music as a professor. Yeah. Someone emailed me today and said, would you like to be called Professor Picard or Lulu? And I was like, oh, Lulu. I'm disappointed. I mean, part of me wanted to be <laughs> Professor Picard, but then I realized that the goal is that I will work with all these people someday. Exactly. Right? So then I realized there would be a rehearsal where someone would go, Professor Picard, and then everyone else would laugh at me. That's true. So but I just said Lulu. Is Professor Lulu on the table? <laughs> I should have put that out um, as an option, but it's fine. It's, it's totally Lulu, no. fine. Too late. Um, it keeps me young. <laughs> to be called by my first name. So I'm a professor of music at Pace. Um, I'm in my first year teaching, and so far so good. I mean, we're in week two. Hey, you so got your week one. no one has quit because of me yet. <laughs> so I think we're doing okay. That's a good sign. Yeah. That's a good sign. How are you feeling? I, have you felt any imposter syndrome or... Uh, not with the coaching and the teaching. Right, you're so experienced in that. I coach a lot. Yeah. In the pretending that I'm good at paperwork... Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm working really hard. I have, I double check everything. I cross so many things off yeah. all over again because I know that 
as an actor, right. not That's always our strength. Yeah. yeah, sure. I'm used to being followed around by a stage manager that says, uh, can you remember to sign in? And I'm always like, oh, sorry, I forgot to sign in. Exactly. So now I have to be in charge of people signing in. Yes. That's, it's, what? It's a new skill set. Yes. And but it's great that you know yourself well enough to know that you need to work a little harder on that and be more <laughs> aware you. of that. <laughs> and honestly, of the two things, if you're going to be nervous about paperwork or the actual teaching coaching portion, I think it's better to be nervous about the paperwork. So. Thank you, Lily. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, on top of now being a professor, so fancy, uh, you're also, as we mentioned, a host of your own podcast. Yeah. $10K Day. Yeah. Tell us more. I would love to. (laughs) Um, Hey, guys, why don't you subscribe to that while you're already on your player? That'd be kind of cool. Not too far there. May or may not be a link in the show notes. Oh, uh, love that. Yeah, so I host a comedy podcast called $10K Day, and... Um, It's been going really well. We also have a YouTube channel, a comedy YouTube channel. And we've been on tour this year, so... That's so huge. It's it's been kind of a rocket ship, and we're just kind of holding on and seeing how fast it can go and how far it can go while still making sure it's the rocket ship we left with. (laughs) Yep, yep. And we didn't suddenly get on a comet that we didn't know... We don't know where it's going. Okay. That metaphor got out of hand. I really liked it, though. But um, <laughs> it, was, it was working. You got off on the comment. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So it's a comedy podcast about imaginary luxury travel. So every week, my co-host and I each pick a different location. Mm-hmm. We spend a fake $10,000 somehow. Yes. Most of the time, that's through luxury things, and other times you have to be super creative about it. Yeah. Um, but we're both actors and writers, and becomes really funny and so she tells me about her day I have not heard about it before so it is completely researched and bullet pointed but not scripted which that is you in a nutshell like completely completely (laughs) researched and bullet pointed but not scripted you are correct that is my life and I also it makes me laugh whenever I talk about your podcast I'm like but if you knew Lulu like it's so perfect because I went so Lulu and I met on tour in China yeah and every city if we whether we'd be like on a bus or on a plane or whatever Lulu would say okay so our next city is Guangzhou and (laughs) there they have this this and that I have planned this specific tour raise your hand if you'd like to join me I mean you were so you always (laughs) went to every amazing adventure every like amazing restaurant yeah I love it yes and what a great thing to love and it made as soon as I heard the concept for your podcast I was like yeah, that's perfect for Lulu. Yeah. Well, you know, the origins of it are a super actory story. Really? Yeah. So my co-host and best friend, mm-hmm. Allison Burns, we were doing a show off Broadway together, and we were living in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, uh-huh. which we lived seven stops away from Coney Island on the D train. That's not enough stops. You need to be further uh, away from Coney Island. Yeah. Yeah. It took a really long time to get home, and it took a transfer, and, you know. Uh, so we were on the train for... An hour on a good day, yeah. An hour and forty-five on a bad day. Yeah. Going home after the show, right? And off Broadway is not the most lucrative form of work mm-hmm. in the world, even though you're really proud of yourself for getting there, yeah. and you've beat other people out to get there, which is great. Yeah. And then you get your paycheck, and you're like, oh, oh I hope I still love this career hey, when it's over. Yep. And so sometimes, as grateful as we were for the job, and as much fun as we were having on stage. Sometimes going home was really stressful. Budgeting was really stressful. 
And we would sit on the train. We were living together in Bay Ridge. And we would play this game of, if you had an extra $10,000, what would you do right now? And Uh. it's just kind of how we got ourselves through the train ride. And it was always hotels and spas Mm -hmm. and room service. It was a lot of hotels and room service because we had to budget our food. Our food budget was so tight. Right. And we constantly were like going to a diner and sharing an egg sandwich. Right. You know? In there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean it's part of it's part of the experience and, yeah. and and some people listening to this might still be there right now. Yeah. And it's just a part of life, you know. Yeah. So we had to make it a game. Yeah. And when we were um talking in January twenty eighteen is when the podcast started. Mm-hmm. And we both were not booked. Yeah. And we hadn't, been, uh, maybe I had been, uh, I just got off a Christmas show, but Allie hadn't been booked in a while. And so we, this business is hard because you're often waiting for people to give you work. Yep. You know? And we said, well, let's, I want to be creative. Mm-hmm. Let's do something. And we said, well, maybe a podcast. It's it's low overhead. Yep. Hardly any risk. We, we record it. We figure out if we like it. Yeah. And if not, we don't tell anybody we tried. Exactly. So... Uh, it started out of out of that game on the subway coming home from. I love that our show. That's yeah. so cool, and it's such a great example. I mean, it's such a big theme of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Of like, you have to find other ways to be creative, to be creatively fulfilled, because you're gonna have those values. You're gonna have those those times where you haven't booked in a while, mm-hmm. or or maybe you're in a long running show and things are feeling a little stale, and you know, creatively you need a little boost. And having something else that you have a little bit more control over, again, even like you said, you guys could have recorded a couple episodes and then been like, this is terrible and I don't like it. Like, that's Mm -hmm. the end of it. But the moment of creating it and the time spent doing it was probably really fulfilling and fun and therefore worth it. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those first few episodes are rough. (laughs) We didn't know what we were doing. If you want to talk about jumping in head first and you will appreciate this Lily because you have a podcast and you are dare I say a little more type A than me (laughs) right so we researched the whole episode episode one Mm -hmm. we recorded it a, I forgot to plug my mic in no. to my computer. So I saw the little bars going up on GarageBand. Right. Thought I was doing You're everything great. right. Mm-hmm. It was actually just recording off the yeah. laptop computer microphone. Yeah. And then we finished the episode, and we were still on the phone together because uh-huh. we record remotely. Right. And we had just stopped. We pressed stop on the on GarageBand, and Allison goes, "So how do we put this on the internet?" <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know." And we just had to Google. We literally Googled how to put podcast on oh, internet. Internet, yeah. yeah. Well, I actually had the exact same experience, except I recorded like eight episodes, and then I was like, <laughs> "So what do I do with this now? Yeah. Like, how does it get there on the Apple right. podcast thing?" So, but you know, you Google it, you ask some people, you figure it out, yeah, and like it happened. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. And then. I didn't tell you that I w- wanted you to share the story, but now I'm reflecting on it. So we had a great conversation a few months back, and you were super helpful when I was first planning this podcast. And I think it was then that you told me the story of the woman you met when you were doing, I think, your first live show. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there are developments. Oh, my gosh. Well, I need the new scoop. Well, um, so our path with 10K has been filled with a little bit of luck. Mm-hmm. A lot of hard work, yeah, and a whole lot of 
reaping the benefits of hopefully being nice people. Yes. Because people have wanted to help us. Right. So we started it. We got it off the ground. We released it. We made our own art. We did all the things. We put it on Facebook. And then we said, hey, guys, I have this thing. If you want to listen to it. And at that moment, like, parents and best friends. Right. I'm sure you've experienced this. Yes, super inner circle, and that one person that's that (laughs) like didn't get the part that you got and is always like checking up on you. So um, that happened, and then uh, very shortly after that, someone contacted me who was not in my life that much before that. We had done a show together. He was he's a singer, and his day job Mm -hmm. is that he is a professional art director for Universal Orlando. That's huge. But his heart job Uh was being an actor and singer. Right. So he contacted me and he goes, hey, I've been listening to your podcast, which totally floored me. Right. We were not close enough at that point at all for me to think this guy would listen to my stuff. Right. And he said, I really like it. I need to help you with your logo. Wow. Because we were, you know, we... We made a thing on, like, Microsoft Paint, if that's sure. even a thing. Right. And we put it up. <laughs> like, is that a still thing? I don't know. Um, and we go, okay, sure. What does I that mean, mean? How did you feel when you received that message? Uh, validated. Wow, yeah. Validated. Sure. You know? You weren't, like, offended that he... No. Absolutely not. No. Guys, do not... <laughs> what? No. But a lot of people would be. Yeah, but then you're not listening to the I want to help you part of that sentence. Exactly. Right? It's hard. He probably had to think about whether or not he was going to send that message. You know, like, he like, had no, to that's go fair. out of his way yeah. to be like, I want to tell her this. I don't want to offend her, but I think she's really got something. I want to help. But I think yeah. people get, like, you called my baby ugly. You know, like, people get It's so, so funny you say that because I'm going to hop around in our timeline a little bit. Let's do it. So anybody who's not interested in a podcast knows there's an end to the story. <laughs> um, because we just got back literally yesterday uh-huh. from Atlantic City yeah. where we were presenters at a podcast festival. That's huge. Cra- crazy. And we spoke about the principles of improv because my right. acting background is in comedic improvisation and how they helped us. And what we said was part of saying yes, yes and, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the principle of improv. Right. It, as we related it to podcasting was people giving you what you feel like are notes uh-huh. as an actor and going, well, what if that isn't a bad idea? Yeah. Just for a second, get rid of the defensiveness. And it might not be a good idea, but are you really actually taking the the minute to think about whether it's a good idea or right. do you just think that's different than my idea? Right. Yeah. If you took a second to be like, what would happen if I did that? What might yeah. that look like? And then you could decide whether or not that outcome is something that you want. But the alternative is to say, well, that's not how I do it now. Right. Yeah. Or, this is my project. Right. But in reality, the reason that we have a wardrobe designer and also a stage manager and also directors because everybody has a different perspective on those details. Right. So, no. uh, And and it's funny because I didn't really think of it as anything to be proud of (laughs) as far as, like, not being defensive. But I guess I am super proud that we weren't defensive about it. Yeah, you should be. We said, yeah, okay, help us out. And he cut us a huge deal. And we went through, like, a month-long design process. Wow. Where he listened to the podcast. He gave us a mock-up of seven or eight designs. I mean, it's one of those things where you go... I didn't even realize this much work went into 
I know. Blank. Don't I know it? You know, and and so it was. We were so appreciated the detail, the attention that he gave it, and I love our logo. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's easy to read. Yeah, it expresses what we are. It's both, um, not to be binary about it, but it's both masculine and feminine. Like yeah, I, I feel I that there's that. no one that could see that that goes. I don't know what that podcast is about, but it might not be for me. Yeah, right. It's it's just neutral enough, but also has a little pizzazz to yeah. it. So, so the first validation was someone going, can I help you? Yeah. We said, uh, yeah, yeah. And then we, we kept going, we kept going. And someone said, I'd really love to be able to watch you guys because I've seen you live. Yeah. And the podcast is great, but I'd love to watch you too. And I said, who watches people just talk on YouTube? That's crazy. But we did it. So our, so that's when we decided that our first episode every month, we release two now a week. Mm -hmm. Our first episode, oh no, second Wednesday of the month is filmed. That's great. Um, it's, it's the same material that you would hear on the audio podcast, but it's a YouTube channel. That happened. And then Allison said, because Allison is a much more like shoot from the hip person than I am. Okay. She goes, I think we should do a live show in New York. And I said, I think that's a terrible idea. No <laughs> one's going to come. I'm the most anxious producer <laughs> of all time. And I am the person that if... First of all, just know if I don't come to your show, Lily, it's because I don't like to leave the house and I get nervous and I don't, right. or I don't have money. Right. That's a very real. You thing. know, there there are real things. Like sometimes I simply can't afford it, no yeah. matter how much I love you. Right. However, oddly, as a producer and performer, if you don't come to my show, I think you hate me. <laughs> what, what is that? That is such an important and valid thing that I think every single person listening to this can relate to. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Like, like you're going, what? Why isn't Lily coming? Right. Why? She hates me. She hates she me. Really me. Um, so I said, no, I really don't want to do a show in New York. We don't have a huge enough following in New York. No one's going to come. It's going to uh-huh. be so embarrassing. And then the people that do come, if they see the house isn't full, then I'll be even more embarrassed. Yes. If they're there. Oh I gosh. mean, excuse upon excuse upon yeah. excuse. And Allison booked it anyway. She was like, <laughs> booked the venue. Wrong. Wow. Booked the venue. That's an amazing And part. said, uh, no, we're doing it. And I was like, okay. And she goes, here's the deal. You don't have to plan anything except your research for the podcast. Wow. She goes, I will take care of, take care of everything, look at the roster, do all the marketing, because I know that you don't want to do this. Right. And I said, okay, then it's up to you. Wow. And you are a one-woman operation. Yes. Um, be, having a partner has been really helpful to me because I my anxiety takes over yeah. and would keep me from marketing myself. Yeah. And she is so confident in marketing mm-hmm. that she just goes out and does it. Yeah. So we really balance each other out. And I'm very grateful. Yeah. Grateful for that. Very lucky to have a partner. Yeah. I definitely have a lot of people who cheer me on and support me and are great and wonderful, but I am definitely envious that you have a partner. Yeah. It's, but that's it's, awesome. It's, it's really awesome. It's a great match for each other. Oh, well, we're stuck with each other, so it's true. <laughs> you better be. <laughs> so we were at the um, theater. We did it at the tryout on 72nd. Uh-huh. And we're setting up for the show. And uh, there's this woman who is in the lobby with us there for a completely different reason to meet with uh, someone at the theater. And she turns to us. And she goes, I think I'm going to come see your show. It's at 3. And we were like, yeah. Hi, sure. I'm Lulu. You know, like, I don't know who you are. And uh, our pianist, Jason Wetzel, mm-hmm. um, who is phenomenal, if any of you have worked with him, mm-hmm. um, he his boyfriend couldn't come. So we said, well, we have a comp. 
we have a spare comp. Amazing. So we can give it to you. And she goes, great, I'll be here at three. She comes at three. Afterwards, she says, can I take you guys out to drinks? We were like, yeah. And um, here's here's lesson number two from our talk that we gave this weekend. Yes. This is working out perfectly for your podcast. <laughs> she goes, so you guys are comedians. And we said, oh, uh, no, we're uh, we're podcasters. Right. And we're basically doing a cabaret with no songs. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the extent right. that we thought the banter was. Right. And she goes, no, you're comedians. I'm a comedy booker. I book for Sirius XM and the New York Comedy Festival, blah, 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 blah. And we're sitting there at Dutch Fred's on 47th, like drinking with her. And we're like, what is happening? Right. So she gives us a list of places to apply to comedy festivals. Uh-huh. We were like, what? Comedy festivals? What am I going to do at a comedy festival? Right. She goes, well, you're doing stand-up. And I, I said, oh, what are you talking about? And we went back to my apartment and we said, are we comedians? That's weird. I would never call myself a comedian. Right. And then we said, are we a travel podcast or are we a comedy podcast? Right. And um, we changed our our genre on iTunes to comedy that week. Wow. And it made a huge difference. I bet. In our numbers. And we got booked on Sirius XM as comedians. We got introduced as comedians. And we started applying to comedy festivals, which if if anyone listening has ever done fringe festivals or theater festivals, it right. costs money to apply. It does, yeah. So this is not something you can just do. Right. You have to budget for it There's and an investment. Yeah. commit. So we started doing that, and um, again, someone said, hey, I have a suggestion. We were like, well, let's think about it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's, that, that works. And so she has still been in our lives, and she's still helping us. She's the one that booked us on the SiriusXM. We were on John Fuglesang's Tell Me Everything show. We're going back on later this year. It's been a crazy, crazy wild ride. Yeah, but again, like... Are you immune to imposter syndrome? Like, I am so... If someone told me... I mean, I don't know. I was going to say, if someone told me I was a comedian, I would be like, no, but that's because I truly am not a comedian. (laughs) But I just feel that if you've never thought of yourself that way, and you're like, you think of being a comedian as a certain way, and you're like, well, I'm not that. Yeah. Someone telling you you're a comedian, you could have easily been like, no, ma'am, you're mistaken. Thanks right. for the drink. See you never. But the fact that you were so open to it and the next week willing to be like, this is now a podcast. <laughs> like, she was right about us. Well, also, if you listen to our podcast, th- we do research, but we also forget to do a lot of the <laughs> details. And so it's not that useful as a travel podcast, but it's True. very entertaining. That's true. That's As, true because it's also how many people are like, great, I have ten thousand dollars to spend. Right, on. right. That that's true. So it was never really intended to no help people who want to travel to these places. No, and sometimes we have to make up the $10,000, so you'll get somewhere, and you'll find an expensive hotel, and you Uh will find an expensive place to eat, and then you go, oh, I still have $4,000 left. Great. The rule is you have to hit $10,000. As close as possible. Yeah. And you'll go, okay, you have to go through the details of the day, and you go, oh, this fancy hotel, they include a nail dryer. 
in the room. That's odd, right? So you pick that out and you go, okay, so then what can I do that's going to make this blow up with a nail dryer? And then you Google most expensive nail polish. Right. And you find a $7,000 Christian Louboutin nail polish. Like, why? Perfect. Because the bottle has crystals all over it. What do you do with an empty nail polish bottle? Have you ever emptied a nail polish bottle? Because I sure haven't. No, they just gunk up. <laughs> right. They just become oil and water, exactly. and then you throw them, then away, you throw them away. And somehow yellow. You don't know, like, how it became yellow. Yes, what is that yellow? Why is it there? Uh-huh. That's amazing. So we were like, oh, this is comedy. It's not... No, it's not a travel bottle. You're right. Useful. But again, having that outside perspective, I so see why you were like, well, it's a travel podcast, of course. Like, it's yeah. about travel. But having an outside eye or ear, I suppose, say, yeah, except it's really about being funny and the joy and comedy that you bring to it and being able to hear that. Again, not being so locked into like, no, it's a travel podcast. Like, no, ma'am, thank you. Have a good day. Right. Yeah, it just sounds like you guys were so open to feedback, input, help from other people, and that's really led to all of your success. Yeah, well, when... I am asked for help. My intentions are always to help. Yes. So I guess I assume that when people are trying to help, their intention is to help. Yeah. And I suppose this woman's a comedy booker, and so she knows. probably knows something about comedy. Yeah. And she's been so supportive of us, and she's awesome. introduced us to a lot of people. And I have to say, surprisingly, the New York comedy scene has mm-hmm. been remarkably welcoming that's amazing of us we've made amazing friends who are like what what can we do how can we help you can you come to my show can you do this and we're like we're not ready yet we don't know what we're doing (laughs) but um they've been great and the podcast community as well because we've been actually doing the tour of conferences and stuff and it's been a really fun world to be in and as two women in comedy you know Mm -hmm. that's really awesome to hear that you've been warmly accepted and welcomed yeah that's it's awesome. been great. Well, again, listeners, link in it in the show notes. Take a listen. It's hilarious. We can all dream about if we uh, had $10,000, <laughs> we would, of course, immediately go spend it on a vacation, right? Um, and, <laughs> and, and nail polish. And, and Louboutin nail polish. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So on top of being a professor here at Pace. Yes. And a podcast host. Yes. You also dabble in music directing for Norwegian. I do, on and off. Um, Yeah, I've been doing it for about four years, I want to say. Yeah. So I think right now, as we speak, I have three casts somewhere out in the world. That's amazing. um, Performing. And it's been great. They're a fantastic company to work for. Yeah. What a unique process. Because you're doing the same show over and over, or the same set of shows, Mm -hmm. but with completely different performers. And I just always think about how Mm -hmm. being on the creative side of that must be so unique. Yeah, it's it's not much different than putting up a replacement cast. That's true. On a national tour. Yeah. Or having a Chicago sit down and a New York sit down and an LA sit down. Right. Uh, So it's not that foreign. Yeah, like being a resident director. Absolutely. It's it's absolutely like that. And we have several different styles of show at Norwegian. And yeah. so we have the book shows, mm-hmm. the Broadway shows. Right. Uh, and then we have the standard review shows that you would think of. And it's been a really great process to be on the other side of the table for those. Yeah. 
that's incredible. And and what do you feel like you've learned most from that experience, both just for what it is, but also as an actor? Because, oh yeah, Lulu's also an actor. <laughs> well, actually, what I've learned the most there is the relationship between music directors and sound engineers. Wow. Because on the ship, so what we do as part of the install team, we rehearse the, the performers, and then you go to the ship, and you do what they call install week, which we would call tech week. Um, And then I leave after they open. So that week is a lot of tuning the house, Mm -hmm. you know, doing EQs for the singers and stuff like that. And I didn't really have to do a lot of that in theater MDing because you're creating the house for that show. Yes, there's no way it's already been. Correct. Yeah, and now you're going into a house that was tuned for a previous set of singers and band members, and now you're bringing something in. So that relationship between me and the sound engineer is really important. When I have to speak their language and when I don't have to. Yeah. Because I don't like to pretend to speak their language if I don't actually know what I'm talking about. Right. You know, like, I'm not going to just try to impress you with my sound language if I don't actually have it. So that has been really helpful for me to watch them do what they do. Yeah. To put it, you know, sometimes you have to edit tracks on the fly. Yeah. And I don't, I don't do that. I've never been trained in that. Right. It's not anything I ever had to do playing piano. Right. So um, having that partner of a sound engineer and having them understand what you need musically and being able to communicate that is really helpful yeah that's such a great skill to learn Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like doing some math over here in my head of like in some way shape or form it feels like all of the things that you do and have ever done are just like coming together so nicely specifically in your podcast yeah between knowing you as a person who loves to travel and loves to do the research like that already made sense to me learning more about sound while yes very different still probably gives you a little bit more of an insight when you're editing your podcast Mm -hmm. uh your improv background is literally perfect for this and has given you that (laughs) whole you know niche market of being more of a comedian Mm -hmm. I mean it's just crazy to see it all really come together yeah I didn't plan it that way. I don't think you can. And I don't, I think you're looking at, I think you're looking at the end result and I think most people's stories actually end up that way. Mm-hmm. You just don't realize it because you're taking the skills of each phase of your life right. and and pulling them all together. Yeah. And it's easier for you to see that because you're outside of my head yeah. than it is for me to see that. Right. It just, right now it just feels like the biggest project in my life. And right. I mean, it, it feels like a life-defining project for me, yeah. for sure. But it, I don't really think of it as the culmination of all of my skills. Right, but, yeah. of course, because that's just such a like epic way to describe I know. <laughs> but it really is one of those things that you can't... I, there, the Steve Jobs quote, you can never connect the dots looking forward, you can only see them looking back or something Yeah, that's great. It's so true, and I think that this is a perfect example of that. And it's something that's come up a lot on the podcast of, like, if something interests you, that's a good enough reason to head down that path. So, Oh, absolutely. If you're like, you know what, I've never done improv, but it kind of sounds interesting. You're not going to waste your time. The worst thing that can happen is you go to an improv class and you're like, whoa, that's not for me. But I can guarantee you in that process, you'll either meet someone, Mm -hmm. you will hear something in the class that will lead you to learn about something else, 
or even just knowing things that you're not good at or that you don't like, that's also valuable. Mm -hmm. And that's still learning something about yourself and about your place in the world. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's spot on. I just, you just let yourself go down that rabbit hole. Also, as an actor, understanding different niches of life is so valuable. Yes. Because you might play that someday. You know, you might have to use that in your research for a show. Absolutely. So get fascinated by it and meet the people in that little niche and in that rabbit hole because yeah. they there's there is also a personality to that rabbit hole. Right. Yeah, it's always useful. It is. It is. It's never going to be a waste of your time and I think I think again you're such a good example of that and you do come at life with such a curiosity and an openness and an open-mindedness and it's led you to so many great adventures that have led you to ultimately, you know, so many really well-formed endeavors. Mm -hmm. And that's really incredible. And a theme that comes up a lot with having so many guests that do so many things is how on earth they manage to balance them all. (laughs) Any thoughts? Uh, The answer is not well. Um, Yeah, that's it. I've always kind of been uh, an all or nothing person Mm -hmm. so I balance completely stressful overpacked too much stuff to do periods with complete sloth indulgences sure not the healthiest way to do it it's just kind of always been how I've done it yeah you run 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 run, and then you have to not run yeah it's like mental hit training yes (laughs) exactly That's going to be your big book title. Yeah, mental hit train. Uh, yeah, so, you know, in, in high school and college, I took too many classes. Uh-huh. That was me. Yeah. And I had jobs. Right. You know, and I was always busy. Uh, and then and then as an actor, I was always auditioning even while I was working. Yes. Just always constantly go, 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 go. Yeah. And now uh, that I'm a little older, it's it's all about, like, rest time, decompression mm-hmm. time. My... My hours of not answering the phone late at night are are important to me, so you or at least putting things off. There's there's certain people I won't turn off my phone necessarily, but there are definitely times where I'll go. I don't have to answer that because it's nine p.m. Right. I can wait. That can wait until tomorrow. Yeah. And not feeling like I have to. I also don't answer the phone a lot. Yeah. Because to me, phone calls need you to be available at that second, and I. Uh, don't love that. Right. Texts are better for me because I can answer that in an hour. Right. If it's not super important. And I do feel like that's a new um, expectation, I think, because people don't make phone calls anymore, really. Yeah. But if I call you, like, you better answer. Like, it, it's important or something. Mm-mm. But I just heard something. I think it was Jerry Seinfeld talking about this, that, like, when someone answers the phone, they're like, hey, can't talk right now. He's like, then don't answer the phone. Like, just don't answer it. And then I'll know that you can't talk right now, and you'll call me back later. And I was like, that's so true. Why do we feel like we have to answer it? If it's really that important, they will send you a text message and be like, hey, call me back. Absolutely. My voicemail outgoing message is, please don't leave a voicemail. I won't check it. Text me. It's not, I just just don't check them. So, yeah, I, and it's weird because being an actor and also 
being a, I don't know what you would call having the podcast and the channel, being a personality, I guess. Yeah. You, you have to be accessible and the social media game has to be super strong and yeah. consistent. So I am on my phone a lot mm-hmm. corresponding with people and posting and engaging right. and all this kind of stuff. Um, P.S. guys, follow at 10K Dollar Day and at Lulu Picard on Instagram and Twitter. Also linked below. <laughs> um, and so that takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I enjoy all of that engagement, but I don't enjoy having to remember to do it. So my self-care is keeping my my tribe really strong. Mm-hmm. The people that I am close to, I am in contact with very consistently. Yeah. My friend Danny and I talk on the phone at least three or four times a day, yeah. maybe for five minutes at a time. Sure. But it's just kind of, hey, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. You good? Yep. Okay. Bye. I yeah. mean, it's really not much at all, but it's just, it's away from work and it's away from everything else and it gets me out of my head. I wish I practiced more self-care than that, but I don't think I do. I think I'm constantly chasing my to-do list. Yeah. I mean... I can understand that. You have so many things that you do, and I'm sure that there's always a lot to be done. Mm -hmm. But I also think that you must be doing something right because you would have experienced a lot more burnout by now. Well, well, the... The podcast is great because we've had so many random successes in the past year and a half that the endorphins, the the endorphin hits are big. Yeah. Um, So that's, that keeps me going. And, um... That's great. I do I do love a massage. That's true. I do associate you with massages. Because <laughs> I, I think I got one, like, every day in China. I think we all did every day in China. I, how can you know? Well... They were very inexpensive. They were inexpensive, and we were doing a physically demanding show. We were. So... Uh, we were at death's door all the time. Why not a massage? <laughs> why not? No, it was a recipe for a great time with massages. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, finding the things like that that will help keep you moving forward, that's really important. But I do think you really hit on something that when you have a parallel pursuit that you have a little bit more control over, Mm -hmm. that is in your hands and you can do with it what you please, that's super fueling. It really is. you're busier, more hours are being spent doing something, recording an episode, editing an episode, Mm -hmm. being on social media, doing all of that. But it's all in something that is yours. Yeah. That you enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's all building to something. Spending eight hours running to meetings and for the podcast and stuff like that is a completely different type of exhausted than eight hours of auditions. Yes. That's you know, so like eight hours of auditions is like soul killing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> soul if you're killing. Still alive, you deserve an award. Yeah. Eight hours of brainstorming, writing, talking to people, pitching yourself, blah, 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 is mentally tiring and physically tiring, but also at the end you go, we made a step forward today. Yeah. And that is super fueling. And you don't get that feedback as an actor. No. You just feel like you're on a treadmill. Yeah. And then you book something and then you're like, great. Oh, I'm on a, just on a different treadmill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on the treadmill to the right. And soon I'll be back on this one. Great. Yeah. Cool. No, it's true. And I, I think this was something that this was like a prompt that Jen Waldman gave me once of what makes a good day good. So when you think about a sure. really good day, what happened that day? What made it so good? What made you feel that way? And I think that's what you're sort of touching on is like 
I think maybe the immediate response would be like, oh, when I was on vacation Mm -hmm. in this beautiful place and doing all these things, or when I got a massage or like whatever. But if you really get down to the crux of it, I think what you said is probably it, that the eight hour day of running from meeting to meeting to meeting and then knowing you made it a step forward in something you really care about, that's what makes a good day good. Not a good day, good day, not exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, you're right. And I mean, you can see it too. Like if you are exhausted and you went to um, an acting class, Mm -hmm. but you felt you got better at the end. Yeah. That's a good day. Yeah. If you went to an acting class and you felt that someone just told you you were great all day, even though you actually weren't. Right. That's not completely wasted your time. Yeah. Anything, you know. You know, you have to, you have to create some way for you to feel that you stepped forward. Yeah. Somehow. Mm-hmm. And it's not coming out of auditioning. And look, I, I've, I've spent months unbooked, and I've also spent months booked back-to-back. So yeah. I've been very lucky, and I've also also hustled and grinded just like everyone else, right? And so those moments where you're like on month four mm-hmm. of not letting that hustle die mm-hmm. and going and going and spending another however many hundred dollars on more headshots even uh-huh. though you're like don't you have my headshot already <laughs> like do you really need this right now how many copies of this do you need yeah it's hard and it's expensive it is. and if you're doing it i've done it here in new york and i also spent 10 years as an actor in florida doing regional theater yeah and you have to drive to all those auditions that's true like four hours to Miami and then three hours back to, you know, this place then going across the yeah. coast. So you are That's sacrificing. A it's a really long state and, and there are a lot of equity theaters, but not yeah. not enough in one city. So you really have to crisscross. So the the commitment to that can be like, what am I doing? I'm spending 75 bucks in gas. Yeah. Changing in my car. Right. You know, like it's yeah. hot. What, what's happening? My makeup is bad. melted off. Yeah. I have to eat fast food because I didn't have enough time to do this between my gig and then I've got to be back. And so if you don't find ways to make yourself productive Mm -hmm. in whatever way you define that, it could even be with a hobby. Yeah. It could be I want to cook through a cookbook. Yeah. And so I'm going to make myself cook through one recipe a week. Mm -hmm. And if you do it, you're productive. Or it could be like... You're on a weight loss journey and you just have to feel like you're going forward. Whatever yeah. that is, mm-hmm. sometimes we got to make up our own way to get our endorphins. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think you're really onto something. And it's something that's already come up a few times in season two is that this idea that people don't really have hobbies anymore and that we're so encouraged to monetize everything. Hmm. And that's an amazing thing that we can do that, right? That we live in such a time for freelancers and that you are able to monetize any of your skills. But I think there's something really important about having something that you do just for you. Yeah. So that you can keep all that fuel. Yeah. And it doesn't become draining because it's also your means of living. Yes, absolutely. Because that's a lot of pressure. And you have to keep loving it. Yeah. You know, if, if acting becomes about auditioning, yeah. You'll fall out of love with it. For sure. And it's hard to get it back because it's all you associate it with. Right. So you've got to find that group of friends that wants to read a play every week for free. Right. You know, just do it in a living room. Whatever. Right. Sure. You're right. Those are the really important things to find. So as you mentioned, you spent, I think you said 10 years in Florida. Yeah. Well, having lived in both New York and Florida, mm-hmm. I would love to hear 
sort of your thoughts on being in a regional hub. And I think mm-hmm. Florida is so unique in that way. And yeah. it seems like it, there's a lot of opportunity, especially for just being one state, but some unique challenges. Well, I am a huge advocate of regional theater. Yeah. I had great times in Florida, especially at Freefall Theater in St. Petersburg. I've heard so many great things about Look, theater. Look, it is a magic playground of life. That sounds like a dream. They should change their <laughs> slogan to that. Um, I've done beautiful, beautiful productions there, and everything I've seen has been phenomenally conceived. So I've done really great stuff there. I've done great stuff at Orlando Shakes and American Stage in St. Pete. So I've worked a lot in Florida, and I also was at Walt Disney World Yes, for over 10 years. Six or seven full-time, spread out over a period of like 10 years, and I am still on the roster. That's amazing. I was at Finding Nemo the Musical three weeks ago. Three weeks ago? Yes. That's Mm -hmm. insane. Because my family lives in Orlando. So every time I go home, I say, hey, I'm here for two months or a month or whatever. Well, before I got the job at Pace, anytime I was unbooked for more than three weeks at a time, I would go to Florida to spend time with my family. Right, why not? Because we're super close and I have so many friends in Florida. And they've kept me on the roster so far. And uh, I would like to stay, Nemo. Um, So, yeah, I've been... That's really incredible. I got my equity card at Disney. I didn't realize that. Oh. Oh, yeah. That's huge. It is a fantastic deal that they have with equity. And they also pay into your pension. That's huge. That's insanely amazing. So, it's been... And Nemo, it's such a great show. Yeah, I was in the opening cast of Nemo. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you made a really great life for yourself in Florida for those years. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you really tapped into a lot of unique and specific things and had a variety of experiences and were able to take some serious and significant steps forward. Mm -hmm. You know, I think a lot of people get in this kind of headspace that the only way to make a living as an actor or to be a quote-unquote professional actor is to live in New York. And Oh, yeah. I really, really don't feel that that's true. Yeah. I real like, could do a 50-minute talk on it. <laughs> like, really do not think that that's true. Yeah. I Well, you're an example. Y- yeah. Well, except that I do live in New York. So people listening are going to be like, but then do, she moved. But if um, you hadn't. Like- yeah. I have no problem with people not living in New York. And in Orlando, which is where I've spent the most time outside of New York, uh-huh. The actors there are so talented. Yeah. And the singers are so talented. Like, most of the acapella groups that everyone's downloading now on YouTube are uh-huh. all from Orlando. Wow. Because if you grow up in Orlando as an actor, and by grow up, I mean become an adult. Yes. Or as a performer. Uh, there's a lot of convention work. Okay. And Disney and Universal are as if all of Broadway mm-hmm. had one casting office. Right. So you learn, it's as if you learn Wicked, and then they go, ooh, could you also learn Beetlejuice? Because on Saturdays, this person can't do Beetlejuice, so you'll go from Wicked into Beetlejuice. That's true. So you're learning so many skills, and at one point, I knew seven shows across Disney property, plus two at Universal. That's insane. And because it's all connected, well, not Disney and Universal, but Mm -hmm. you would show up to your shift at Nemo, and then they would go, you just got pulled to blank, whatever right. show that was. And oh I go, okay. So you go getting ready to do musical theater and all of a sudden you're doing improv comedy. <sighs> and it was fantastic training Yeah, that I didn't think was training. Right. Now you're like, this is a job. This is, yeah. Wow. It's just how it was. And then meanwhile, 
there's so much convention work and it's fun that you're like, okay, great. Oh, I'll go sing for this convention. And you're learning stuff and being put in wigs like on the fly. Wow. Because it's it's just just so much work down there and you do it. That's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. That's super so cool. talented people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, un- they must be unbelievably talented. Especially the the comedy actors in Orlando mm-hmm. are crazy good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know like a a good portion of people who live in Orlando and who make their careers and make lives for themselves there and yeah. are really happy. And I just I think a lot about how New York is obviously we all know a really difficult place to live, and it's really not for everybody. No. And I think there are so many people who actively are aware that they do not like living in New York, but who stick it out or force themselves to live here because they think they don't have another option, which is right. why I love to bring it up whenever I have a guest who either currently lives in a regional market or has lived in a Mm -hmm. a regional market, I think it's important to talk about. Yeah, and you can have a house with a yard and kids and a dog. Yeah, you can have all the things. A lot of actors, once they get to a certain age here in New York, if they want to have kids, it's not about them aging out. No, no, no. It's about going, is this something I want to try to do? Have kids in New York, go go here and there to regionals, go to New York. There is a possibility for you to be 150% artistically fulfilled Mm -hmm. and also financially fulfilled not living in New York. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I would love if you wouldn't mind sharing a recent failure and success with us. I'm calling it your favorite failure. (laughs) My favorite failure, I hate to bring it back around to the podcast, but... It was useful for us, so I will. My favorite failure was episode 17. Um, th- they are titled, but I find it easier to search if, yes. they're, if they're numbered. So our 17th episode, I was on a ship for Norwegian. Uh-huh. And the way that we record is we are on the phone right. with each other, and then we record our half of the conversation, and then she puts it together. Right. But I couldn't upload the right. the Wi-Fi wasn't fast enough for me to upload even a two-minute file, much less however long right. the episode was going to be. But uh, we had been told, I'm sure you have been told, uh, you've got to be consistent. You yes. have to you have to release on the same day every week. You can't miss a day right. because you're becoming a part of your listeners' lives. And yep. if you miss that Wednesday commute, they will find another Wednesday routine. Yes, right. And we were like, no, we're gonna we're gonna hit our deadline. Yeah. So um, I used my Wi-Fi minutes to call her, which was like I don't know forty five thousand dollars a minute. Yeah. Right. So expensive. And we said, well, we're gonna do it on speakerphone. I have heard all of our guests, because we have a lot of guests on our show as well, we always record them live. We never do call-ins. Right, right. And I've heard a lot of podcasts that have call-ins, even big, big podcasts, right? Like, you're like, that person is clearly somewhere else on the phone. So I said, surely it can't be that bad. I mean, other podcasts are doing this, and it's never made me turn it off Mm -hmm. as much as I wished it sounded more studio. Uh, It's terrible. (laughs) It is not okay. Right. But we wanted to really hit that consistency. And we went back and forth and she was like, it sounds awful. And I was like, I know, but actually the content's really good in that episode. Yeah. Like my day was, I was really proud of the day that I made. Um, I went to Paris and fake, fake 10,000. Right. I went to Paris and I recreated like scenes from Funny Face where yeah. she runs down in oh, the Louvre in the dress. So I bought like this fancy red dress and I ran down. The th- I mean, you know. And we, re- we released it, and we were like, well, I mean, there we go. We immediately got listeners. 
that were like, please, never, never, never again. Don't do that. Please, never again. Because well, you were doing it over ship Wi-Fi. Like, did it cut in and out a lot? Uh, no, it wasn't that. It was wow. the, it was the quality of the sound right. from the speakerphone to because also we didn't have a spare microphone microphone. Right. So she has the speakerphone next to the Mac. Oh, I mean, yeah. Problem upon problem. Yes. And in episode eighteen, we said, "Hey guys, sorry," and we laughed about it. And as we as the podcast got bigger and bigger, there was a conversation at one point: Should we take this off? Sure. Our, our history. Right. Also, We've also had that conversation with our first episode because uh-huh. the sound is relatively bad and also we just ramble because we didn't... Yeah, you're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. We don't yeah. know what we're doing. And we've decided to keep it in Yeah. because it's part of our history, but it's a failure. That 17 is a failure. And yeah. our listeners who have been with us for a while have heard the podcast get slicker and slicker and yeah. slicker as we advance and they like being part of that story and part right. of that journey. So um, that's my favorite failure because it's also just part of us. Yeah. And, and it's you okay. learn from it. And- 100%. Right after that, we started saving up for our audio upgrades. Yeah. And how about a success? You know what makes me feel really happy and successful is when the actors that I coach specifically actors not not the singer i mean singers yes but the actors that i coach will often text me after auditions telling me that they they knew what they were doing yeah something about that validates me we haven't really talked about acting a lot today but i'm an actor first right. above anything and so my favorite thing to do on a day if i get to do it is to coach a monologue or a scene study it's my yeah. number one favorite thing to do or do one, but I'm just in like a coaching <laughs> mood right now. Yeah. Um, and so those are the the biggest successes are when people that I have coached feel confident and yeah. someone else notices. Mm-hmm. You know, like so when they when they text me and they say, I just got out of that big audition and they thanked me for being specific. That's huge. Great. My job is done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, thank you. Well, Lulu, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. This was awesome. This was such a treat. Congratulations on season two. Thank you. Um, You kind of referred to it earlier, but I just want your listeners to know that before this became a thing, Mm -hmm. you called me and you said, hey, I'm thinking of doing this thing, which a lot of people think of doing things. Yep. And a lot of people don't do it, and you did it. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Congratulations. Well, a lot of it was from help from people like you that... The fact that you were so willing to talk me through so much of the stuff was really huge because, it, you know, it's so overwhelming at some point that you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, you have to ask for help for things. Yes, you do. Just assume that people want to help. If you don't think it's weird when people ask you for help, then you right. should just ask for help. I know. Why do we do that? We don't all have to invent the wheel on our own. Yeah. You yep. know, That's so true. reach out. Yeah. Well... When people are as awesome and helpful as you, it makes reaching out again in the future that much easier. So. Thanks. Reach out anytime. I will. And you'll be like, hey, what should I do in Vienna? And I'll be like, do you have $10,000? <laughs> Isn't Lulu just the best? She has the most infectious laugh of all time, and her ability to give and receive help and feedback is truly inspiring to me. She is so good at going with the flow and remaining open to adjusting her path in a way that I admire so much. I hope you'll scroll down to the show notes and check out her podcast. If you don't, you will seriously be missing out on some great laughs. 
As always, I hope you'll reach out with any questions or thoughts that you have. And if you enjoyed today's episode, you'll rate and review TDQ on iTunes to help other creative geniuses find the show. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Lily Torre, and this has been The Dreaded Question.